Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello and welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Kim and Mark, and we join you every week to discuss trending topics in the wine world and all things fun and interesting, at least from our perspective, about wine. And we have a number of articles to talk about today that some of them all revolve around a theme, but we wanted to start with about why it is bad for you to be drinking only one type of wine and why you should be expanding your palate a little bit. What did you think about the premise behind this article, Mark? I heard about this in the past, and they mentioned in this, again, Wine Enthusiast article about if you drink the same wines over and over and over again, your palate really doesn't develop because you're only used to one wine, one type of wine. Mm -hmm. And we talk the best way to train your palate on this show is to just keep tasting, tasting, and tasting. Try different things, and you'll finally develop and learn things. But if you're just doing the same wine all the time, your palate doesn't develop. And like I said, I heard where winemakers, they have a thing called cellar palate, which is the same thing that they just taste in their own wines all the time. And it makes sense because if you're a winemaker, you probably, yep. you're tasting everything you're making and they just never try anything else. So that was exactly where my mind went. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was just going to say that for people who are in the industry, but especially on the production side of it, you spend so much of your time with your own wines. And sometimes you really don't get the opportunity to have the experience of, tasting other brands, other producers more on this daily basis, especially when it's your family livelihood. Chances are when you are sitting down to a bottle of wine with dinner, it's, it's your wine. Yeah. And versus a typical or not your typical, but your average wine drinker who, and we've talked about this many times where they don't want to venture into anything else. They drink the same wine that's in their comfort zone or their same brand. Mm -hmm. They never venture out. It's almost the same thing as a winemaker tasting their own wine all the time. You're just tasting your same brand all the time. Maybe you're afraid to change or you don't want to expand maybe your palate anymore. Or maybe you just like like what you like. I yeah, like, like I like that like. Um, when we talked about this a few shows ago, you know, there's comfort knowing what to eat, sort of the having a tried and true wine because you know what you're going to be getting when you open that bottle. You know, there's no or limited chance of being disappointed because you know what you're getting. Right. Now, you, well, I wanted to go with this, Kim. I have to bring to food because you're the foodie person. Very good. Do you, do you think that a person's wine palate is related to their food palate. For instance, you know me, I'm not a foodie. I don't really explore too much, but I do explore in wine, which I think is kind of unique. I would think people that don't explore their wine palate, probably not exploring their food palate either. Do you think it's related? Because I'm the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would have to depend on your why. You know, why do you not want to or feel inclined to be a a food adventurer? I guess you can say, like, what is it that makes you not want to experiment with with different types of foods? I guess that's the same thing for wine, right? People probably. But maybe it's not. I mean, maybe different people have 
Yeah. I don't want to venture out into anything. And do you think you know that about yourself, that that is your reason? I believe so. But I'm not that way with wine, which is, I think, you know, I would try anything. But with food, I'm like, no, I I like what I like. So I know know thyself, dude. I guess I can see how doing it wine, just one thing, you really don't develop your palate. I'm not really developing my food palate, Mm -hmm. if that that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I totally, I totally get why people are hesitant to try new things. And, And I think it really is about that fear of disappointment or fear of wasting your resources on something that you aren't going to like. I think that that's a very natural human thing to not want to put the risk in, I guess, even if it's something that to us, it feels like, well, there is no risk, right? There there must be something in our brains that say, yes, this is a risky activity and I just don't want to do it. Right, right. Even though it's just food and beverage. But I mean, if you do it too with food, then I think that we all can sympathize with that. And we talked about training our noses with aroma kits to learn why. Do you think there is a way to build kits to train your palate without drinking wine the same way? Hmm. I don't know how that would be done, but I bet somebody could invent something. I was just certainly for a textural sort of thing. I don't know about the flavor part, but I think for the texture thing, it could be doable. Like something dissolved in water that's just like, okay, these are what tannins should feel like, right? Right. Acids, tannins. Right. And there are definitely classes out there. We do one at the wine school that focuses on that and all of those different flavor, textural components to wine. But I don't know what else you would have to consume that wouldn't be wine and be able to to replicate an experience like that. Right. Usually when we learn aromas or aroma wine is usually what you're going to taste typically if you Mm -hmm. smell... Yeah, we do tend to kind of put them all together, don't we? So it's like you train your nose to recognize what blackberry smells like in a wine so that then when you taste it, you recognize it as well. Right. And I think I guess when we do taste things, we when we're telling people, you know, it's a Cabernet, it tastes like blackberry or you're kind of associating that way to train your palate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all about the experience, which comes back to the idea of if you don't diversify your experience, then you're not going to really get the full, I think the full impact of what wine has to offer. You think there's a palate shock to people when they try something different that at first they try it, they have to try it multiple times to- Oh, Oh, you mean like sort of that you have to try, a kid has to try something 20 times before they will accept it kind of thing? I think Um, that's- probably true with wine Maybe. because a lot of times when we first taste things we're thinking oh you know this is different and we, we try to figure out why and then maybe the next time you're looking at it a little different yeah so, i could buy that i think i could be convinced that that could be a thing yeah so yeah i can see that palate shock because i mean we certainly know that there have been wines in all of our experiences that we didn't like when we first tried it and then it eventually grew on us so i mean it does happen You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. 
We're here every week on Franklin Radio, WFPR 102.9 FM. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine if you have any questions or comments. Our past episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you can find us on Instagram at The Wonderful World of Wine and Twitter at Wine Education. Next, we have a bunch of articles that I was excited to send to Kim being the foodie, as I mentioned earlier. Something unusual is going around the internet lately, Kim, with pairings. And it's not really associated with wine, but we're going to work that in, of course. It's pairing cheese with cookies. And we all know about pairing wine and cheese, but there's this new thing going around. We had three articles of different approaches to this. And I'm very curious, Kim, have you ever tried pairing a cheese and cookies together? The closest thing I have come have been, there are these like sort of sweet wine biscuits. I don't even remember where I got them I before, but they're- They almost taste like a cookie, right? They taste like a cookie. Yeah. yeah. There's one that's made with red wine and one that's made with white wine and they have some sweetness to them and they kind of have, they have like the texture of a cookie and, and a little bit of the flavor of a cookie. So I would say that that's probably the closest that I have come to doing cookies and cheese, but I think I would be more- open-minded to cookies and cheese than I am to cookies and wine, honestly. So they, when you first hear it, now listeners are probably thinking the same thing. This sounds kind of disgusting, <laughs> um, but they said acid in wine brings out creaminess of cheese. So smooth wine balances out sharp cheese. So then they said, okay, now think of milk and cookie, right? The right. cream in rich milk mellows out the sweet cookie. So why not substitute cheese for milk to mellow out the sweetness of a cookie, which that makes sense, right, Kim? Does yeah, that... I'm on board with that, <laughs> with that idea. And thinking cookies, this, nowadays, I think there's very few cookies you can think about. And obviously, one of the articles focused on Girl Scout cookies, but then there's traditional like chocolate chip, oatmeal, that type of thing. So I thought we could just look at a few different things. And, and I thought one of the articles was more based on flavor and mm -hmm. one of them was more based on texture. Right. So for instance, they were saying oatmeal cookie with a sharp cheddar cheese, which I feel that's more of a a flavor kind of comparison. Would you agree with that or more than a texture? I would. Yeah. Because it doesn't get into the that concept of like, do a creamy cheese with with a cookie that has a cream filling or, you know, any of like, like when we did the Girl Scout cookie pairing a few years ago, one of the surprisingly good combinations was Sauvignon Blanc and the lemon cookie. And that worked on the same concept of textural elements. So you have an acidic cookie and an acidic wine. And those two textural components went really well together. So it was more about the texture than it was about the flavor. So this first article for women first was the first cookie pairing, cookie and cheese. And they mentioned first the oatmeal with chopped cheddar. They mentioned ginger snaps with brie. Any thoughts on that pairing? I'm not a big I don't know. Fan, I feel like a so. lot of these were on really just sort of unusual yeah for me like i yeah i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know where to go with that i can't really wrap my brain yeah. around I mean, it's all kind of new to me yeah. so i mean yeah they also mentioned chocolate chip cookies with gouda which so 
I was thinking with the goudas and the cheddars, you know how some people like to put cheddar cheese on apple pie? Right. I was wondering if they were going to go like a fruity root and try to do that sort of a combination. But I don't feel like that one ever got uh, hit upon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that if they were more fruit based. Uh, yeah. It- cookie it would have but there really wasn't any of those in these articles but then they said a thin mint with feta cheese and and one of the other articles also paired oreos with goat cheese which i feel like is a similar sort of thing i just yeah afraid i'm and they said it enhances the filling which i don't know the goat cheese enhancing the creamy of the to me that's almost maybe a texture the creaminess of the oreo filling and the goat cheese that to me that's more of a texture thing yeah the only pairing that i would buy into um which article is it in it's in the one from the kitchen yeah that's the, um the kitchen article also had your goat cheese and oreo yeah that's it you, was from I bet that you, one you like the italian cheese no i like the the yatost the what is it norwegian it's the what it's made with cooked milk so it kind of tastes like caramel so mm. I think that that cheese would yeah, actually go was... great with a lot of different kinds of cookies. They put it with an oatmeal cookie, but I feel like an, like an, that with an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie would probably be really good because it's good. the cheese itself has a lot of sweetness to it. It's funny how we look at things different. <laughs> the stat article also said Gouda with chocolate chip, which was repeatable. So that must work. We'll have to yeah. try that one. Interesting. And But I asked about the Italian thing because I thought it kind of made sense. They said, Italian hard cheeses, like say a pecorino with Italian cookies, because the butteriness of the cheese plus butter versus butter. Right. And that this was probably one of the only cookie cheese pairings I thought could easily be paired with wine, some sort of buttery or mm-hmm. creamy Chardonnay or something like that was the only one that's when I read, it, I said, oh, yeah, I could pair that with this. Usually you have a lot more positive things to say about some of these um, newer <laughs> out there kind of pairings. But yeah, I, I think this one was uh, was kind of a miss for you. Yeah, well, it's just an understanding. A couple of things. I mean, that I agreed with. Maybe I just need cheese. to do some experimenting. Yeah. And I guess oh. maybe it's not like the cookies or the cheeses that I eat. I could relate to the Italian cheese thing. Mm-hmm. And I could also relate to the soft cheese with vanilla wafers because... You could use the vanilla wafer as like a dipping, like to scoop the cheese. <laughs> I can see so, that. So that works, right? Anytime you can dip a cookie into something, that and, that. And works I think that this one could work if you think these pair because when you think of wafers, and it's like, okay, what is the closest wine analog to a vanilla wafer? It's obviously an oaky chardonnay. An oaky chardonnay and soft cheeses like brie go really well together. So my only issue with these things, honestly, is the sugar. And it's different for sugary things and wine that maybe that issue doesn't come across when it's sweet things like cookies and the cheese. So I would definitely give this one a try. And I might have some vanilla wafers in my cupboard. So maybe I should try vanilla wafers and uh, and some brie. Yeah, we have to try a lot of these. There was a, <laughs> another article. It was a Girl Scout cookie pairing that was by a cheese company. So I thought it was kind of slided towards their cheese. And I didn't really understand what sure. their, they named certain cheese. I think it was their own specialty cheeses, but they did say yeah. Gouda with the lemon 
Girl Scout cookies that you mentioned earlier, lemon cookies, which mm. I, I got to experiment with Gouda a little bit more, I think. Is From it, their I, picture, the Gouda looks like a softer Gouda, you know, not yeah. like a really hard kind of Gouda. So in that Havarti, is it Havarti cheese? Havarti. Yep. With shortbread cookies, Girl Scout cookies. So those were two Girl Scout cookie suggestions. And then the last article mentioned from Wine Enthusiasts talked about what wine cheese to pair with wine. So now just cheese, not not cookies. But I like that this was talking about a different type of cheese that we probably never mentioned before, that cheeses that are flavored by wines. Have you seen these, Kim, or tried these? You may, I think you mentioned earlier about some. Did you say some flavored cheeses? Yeah. So there's a particular... There are actually a couple of cheeses out there. I know that there's one that is a, um, a harder goat cheese, and then there's another one that's um, it's an Italian cheese, but they're soaked in red wine. So they have this rind that is this really beautiful purple color. And the, the goat cheese one, I believe, is called the Drunken Goat. And that one is fairly widely available in a bunch of grocery stores. And it's a harder goat cheese, but you still get kind of that goat cheesy flavor to them. But yeah, this is a thing. There's, a, I think, a lot of variety with cheeses that have some combination of wine either for their aging or as part of the of the process. So these wine cheese products, they can be brined, dipped, marinated, soaked, mm -hmm. or washed in some form or another. Right. With so a lot of the time it's on the outside of the cheese, but I think every once in a while there can be uh, wine added into the cheese as well. It seems like every time I've tried one of these, I, I was disappointed that I didn't get the flavor that was advertised, either port wine cheese or Cabernet mm. cheese. Yeah, or I don't necessarily find that I taste a lot of whininess in these cheeses. It's yeah. more, I mean, especially on a wine cheese that you're not going to eat the rind of. Right, right. And so, I mean, a lot of these, I probably can <laughs> eat the rind, but I usually leave the purple rind <laughs> yeah. on the side of my plate and don't eat it. They mentioned the history of the wine cheese goes way back to World War One, where people used to put their wine and uh, cheese barrels to to hide, right? They put cheese in the wine barrels. Is that what it was? To hide the wine or something? I, I think so. So they coated it. So you'd open the barrel and you say, oh, it's cheese in here. There's no wine. But there's actually <laughs> wine underneath it. So I thought that was a good little history point there. Oh, I feel like I've, I'm scrolling through the cheeses that they that they talk about. And um, there's this one called Purple Moon Cheddar. I feel like I've seen this one before. Yeah. Yeah. Like a yeah. Cabernet. How, how would you, like these type of cheeses, would you go more... When you're pairing with wine, would you, would you go with the texture or the flavor? So would you match a port wine cheese with port or would you care more if it was soft cheese, hard cheese versus? Yeah, I tend to do more of the, the textural pairings. But honestly, I feel like cheese can be very fungible. You know, it's very forgiving with what you pair with it as long as you pay attention to the weight. So I've even had some like really funky cheeses go equally well with a white and surprisingly with a red. So it's I think it's nice for variety to have different textures and different flavors 
but then also, you know, you can be creative with your with your wine pairings and do a couple of different things and then taste sort of around the cheese board. Like, what is the best pairing? And I think it's one of those things where different people have different opinions. And that's one of, the, I think, the fun things about doing wine and cheese is that it leads to conversation and different, different people have different opinions. But I, I usually lean towards white wines with softer cheeses and then red wines with harder cheeses. So again, kind of coming back to that textural thing. Well, this cheese and cookie pairing is going to lead to some conversation, right? <laughs> it absolutely unusual. would. Are people putting cookies on charcuterie boards now? I have seen like desserty things like that. Yes. I, I would think going chocolatey, like sweeter cookies would not work as much. It has to be the, like they were saying, the butteriness or the yeah. creaminess. Or of some of those cookies that sort of almost crossed the line into a cracker. There were a like couple of different yeah. examples throughout those articles where there, there was one that was like sort of like a shortbread. And I forget if it was the one that was the, I think it might've been the oat cookie. I've had that brand before and it really is almost like a cross between a cookie and a cracker. So yeah. I think something like that would work better than say an Oreo. So I'm going to tell you my go-to cheese and I want your help to Telling me what you think I could put a cookie on so I can try this. Oh boy. I like okay. pepper jack cheese, Ooh. like a spicy pepper jack you do? cheese. Yeah. And I was thinking, what would I put that with a cookie? The spice, because you get I actually more think spice. that that makes it easier to pair. What because would you, you pair can with work with that sweetness. Hmm. You think what would you I mean as far as cookies, I guess I'm pretty boring because I only eat like lemon snaps or I, not really mm. a chocolate cookie more mm -hmm. of a, i'm trying to think of what other yeah things. i wouldn't do chocolate yeah i wouldn't do chocolate but chocolate what is it the dish the mole where they do chicken and chocolate i think and... turkey is traditional but yes there's yeah. a little bit of cocoa so in there can be chocolate with spice, but it's not a right? sweet chocolate it's not like okay, so a hershey bar thrown in there not sweet yeah it's not sweet which is not right, in my so repertoire sweetness, i'm a sweet right, guy so... i need sweet yeah. So with your pepper jack. So there's fruitiness also with the pepper jack because those chili peppers that are in there tend to have some fruitiness. And pepper jack is usually sort of like a, it's not hard, hard. It's sort of no, it's got semi hard. Yeah. Yeah. Textural wise. I couldn't I think, think of anything I'd want to. I don't know. I'll have to just go through the cabinet and put a chunk on every cookie. and Maybe. See. Might want to start with those Nilla wafers. How about for wine pairing with pepper jack cheese? You play on the spoon. The pepper, or do you play on the creaminess? I you would I would go either way. I would either do something white with a little bit of sweetness, or something spicy like Syrah. See, before I'm shocked because usually you wouldn't go. You're the one who see? taught me that Shiraz goes really well with spicy food, and I didn't really believe you yeah, until you I tried it myself, and I was like, oh my goodness. This really works. And I am a complete convert to the idea of spicy red wine with spicy food now. Totally you know, buy it. You know, I'm going to try it with Kim now. What's that? now you, get, you, you got me with the spice and spice thing. And I'm not sure it's a technically a cookie. I guess ginger, ginger snap, snap ginger or snaps. but a hermit. Ooh, with the molasses. Yeah, with the pepper and Aww. the spice. Because it's a little yeah, spice. There's, so or, one of the, snap, or, or a pfeffernoose. What the heck is that? It's a German cookie. It's got pepper in it. Huh. Is that like Keebler? No. It's not on the store. Shop, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> Might have to go to the my food experimenting. Yeah. That gets back to my food experiment. There you go. You go. don't it's want to try. my cupboard now. I got, <laughs> I got uh, maybe an oatmeal, maybe a hermit. 
But I bet oatmeal cookies are pretty versatile with lots of things. And how do you think? You think it's just like cheese and crackers? People just put a slice of cheese on top of the cookie while you're taking a bite of the cookie. How do you think they do it? I would break the cookie into a bunch of little pieces and then have a small piece of cheese on one of the pieces. Yeah. In fact, I might want to go bake some oatmeal cookies so that I can try it with cheese. There you go. So it's, I mean, something new. We had to tell the listeners about this is out there trending in the That's right. You know, we're all about talking about the trends in the the wine world. And if this is out there all over the place with articles, then we need to talk about it. Not just wine and cheese, folks, but wine, cheese, wine, cheese and cookies and cheese. And we'll find something to pair with it for sure. (laughs) I will. I will report back about cookies and cheese. Thank you for listening to us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We have been your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine with your questions and comments. You can also find us on Instagram at The Wonderful World of Wine and Twitter at Wine Education. And as always, you can find our past episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Wine, wine, wine.